0: Welcome to Geological Shop Talk. In this podcast, we bring you roughly 12 to 15 minutes of practical clinical methods, perspectives, and advice that has its work boots on. In the next few minutes, you'll get a clinical gem of practical material that you can begin to investigate the next time that you'll walk into clinic. Additionally, visit the show notes page for supporting materials from this week's guest on Shop Talk. All right, roll up your sleeves Let's get to work. Hi there, this is Sabina Vibes, and I'm here to give you a mini lesson on, as Michael Max told me, why learning classical Chinese will make you a better practitioner. And before we get into it, I want to, I want you to think about what it even means to be a better practitioner because I partly see it as my role in the profession to not just tell you where to stick the needles or what herbs to what formula to pick for a certain disease, but to really think about what it is that you do and, and hopefully to inspire you. I passionately love Chinese medicine, and I've seen how powerful it is and what it does. And if listening to me, if at some point you come across anything that I have written or taught um, or put out there on the internet, and it makes it reminds you of why you got into the profession in the first place, that makes me really happy. So let me see how I can answer this question from Michael about. Why learning classical Chinese makes you a better practitioner. What does it mean to be a practitioner of Chinese medicine? What does it mean to be a better practitioner? Are we talking about being a better person? Are we talking about making more money? Are we talking about being a greater force for creating health and happiness and harmony in the universe? Harmonizing heaven and earth? Those are the kinds of questions that I love to think about and encourage my students to contemplate in our classes. Okay, I'll start out with who I am, then what I do, why I do what I do, and then how that might help you. That's kind of my outline here. So I have a PhD in medical anthropology and East Asian studies. When I go to a party and or I meet my neighbors, I will tell them I'm the world specialist in medieval Chinese gynecology, um, and that that that's good for entertainment purposes. And that is really what I do. I used to be a biodynamic goat farmer. I had an apple orchard, and then I became a university professor in the city, and I'm so happy that I left city life and that intense academic life behind me. And these days, I'm a writer, translator, and publisher at Happy Goat Productions, my own publishing company. I used to organize retreats pre-COVID and um, used to do a lot of traveling as a teacher at conferences and workshops for Chinese medicine practitioners. These days, I live on a small island north of Seattle, and I have some animals, and I mostly write and translate and teach online, which has good and bad parts. My favorite topics are gynecology, yangsheng, nurturing life, medical ethics, that sort of thing. And most recently, for the last couple of years, I've really focused on teaching classical Chinese, my own courses, and then I teach at... Doctoral programs most regularly at Yosan University in LA. And I've created both a mentorship, an online membership program, and a two year intensive program on teaching classical Chinese. And as part of that, I have had to ask myself very critically, and I ask my students all the time why should we learn classical Chinese? I personally love reading the classics in the original language, and I love translating. There's something about it where you can see it as an escape, but I think it it depends on what reality you want to live in. But sitting there for a few hours on a Sunday morning and reading Lao Tzu, or the I Ching, the classic of changes, or contemplating a chapter in the Yellow Emperor's inner classic, on harmonizing heaven and earth, on the seasons and the resonances in the pulses or the flavors, or even a chapter on bee impediment syndrome and the different varieties. It changes the way I look at the world. And it I don't want to say, I don't think it's an escape. It's just a different reality that is not more or less well for most people with a rational left brain brain attitude it is less real than you know global warming the war in ukraine my mortgage bill um an empty refrigerator the rising cost of ginger ale whatever all those things but on a different level that countless perspective of reading a text that was composed 2,500 years ago, or even 1,000 years ago, there's something about entering that world and honoring the authors of that world. And I know I'm recording, so I can't be silent. And I really wanted to record this down by the beach with with the waves in the background and have these long silences and be like, well, really, the reason why I wanted to encourage you all to learn classical chinese because it puts me in a mindset that is the equivalent of sitting by the beach in silence but i don't know how i can explain that to you so now i'm trying to 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 rationalize that short answer so there are a couple of things that come to mind and the first ones are a little more tangible and then we'll get into the ineffable so being able to read the classics in the original, it allows you to access the roots of your medicine in a more direct and authentic transmission. There are a lot of different teachers, a lot of different versions of Chinese medicine out there. And it can be really disorienting, if, you, especially if you're a new practitioner and everybody is selling you classical medicine, canonical medicine authentic, the real thing. What is the real thing? If all you have is somebody else's translation and as a professional translator, I have to tell you there is no way you can read the best translation in the world. There is no way you can read these texts in translation and get the full depth of a text out of it in translation. It's just impossible because what you're getting is is modern English and you're also getting it through the very very strong lens of whoever that translator is. So you're going to get the translator's interpretation of the text, you're not going to get the real thing. I'm not saying that I know the real thing. Can we ever possibly know the real thing? Probably not, but I can empower you, and I love doing that by teaching you classical Chinese, that you can make your own mistakes. You can come to your own conclusions. You can read the classics in a group with your colleagues and play with it. How do you explain to somebody who lives in an art? Well, these days, anybody has access to a fresh strawberry. But let's say you were living in the last century in Antarctica, in a really remote little village, and you'd never had a strawberry in your life. You can read books and books and books about what a strawberry tastes like. You will never know the taste of a sun-drenched, warm strawberry picked straight from the bush by yourself that hopefully all of you have experienced. That's how I see it. I think our profession is at a huge danger of losing itself to this integrative variety, which a lot of it to me is biomedicine light and just using Chinese medicine as tools, but really operating still within the paradigm of Western medicine and Western science. And I think Chinese medicine looks at the world from a completely different angle. Um, whether you're thinking about the position of a human being in the cosmos, ideas about health and illness, whether you're thinking about menopause or menstruation or fertility or pain or the relationship to cold and heat. How do you explain, how do you translate yin and yang into English? How do you explain qi? It, it just, it's impossible, which is why we say qi instead of energy. They're not the same thing. And if you translate qi as energy, you're going to miss so much of what qi is all about because qi is also matter. It's the material substance of the cosmos. So if you translate qi as energy, you miss out this whole aspect where the human body is identical and is part and resonates with the cosmos. These are not theoretical correspondences, the five phases or yin and yang. It's not that the human body or a certain season is correlated with metal, is correlated to the lungs and all of these things. It's that the lungs actually resonate with fall, with the virtue of justice and the metal sense of cutting, that cutting sword of of justice, it's really hard to talk about this stuff. That's part of the problem. It's much easier to do this in Chinese. And a lot of times when I hang out with people who know Chinese, we use terms, Chinese terms, and we're like, we don't know how to explain this in English because it's just so difficult. So just one example, huoluan is translated in modern TCM texts as cholera, but it's not the same as the biomedical condition of of cholera. So when you look at traditional Chinese texts on hua luan, there is a description of diagnosis of specific signs and symptoms and specific formulas. Some of them might overlap with cholera and some might might not. Differential pattern diagnosis is a completely different thing from just matching diseases to formulas. Okay, so the first one is authentic transmission. The second one, you can enrich your medical vocabulary. We already got Huo Luan. Also think about the Mingmen, the gate of life. That thing, Mingmen just doesn't exist in English. So what is it? Or Or jing, we can translate jing as essence, but it's so much, or as sperm, but it's not really sperm. And what's the meaning of essence? You all know that jing is so much more than sperm or essence. Learning classical Chinese blows your mind and expands your tool chest. Well, I'm just going to leave this as it is. If you are a highly specialized person in a field whether it's gynecology or skin diseases or fertility or whatever it is, contagious conditions, whatever. Um, There's so much out there that is not translated that if you learn a little bit of classical Chinese, formula texts are not that hard to translate, actually. And it's so empowering. I love empowering my students. After a year of or two of learning classical Chinese. They can go out there and use Chinese texts, and all these texts are out there on the Internet for free, accessible. You can Google a condition, and there's just like millions of, of pages of information in Chinese that all of a sudden you have access to. It's incredibly empowering. And then the last point is the hardest one, but I think it is important. You can... Classical Chinese, I think personal cultivation is an important aspect of what makes you a better practitioner. What does it mean to be a good practitioner? What does it mean? How do you define being good? And how do you define being a practitioner? To me, the classics give you a view of medicine that is completely different from our Western ideas about what it means to be a practitioner. It includes self cultivation. And I think this way of thinking about what it is that, what is the meaning of medicine, what is the potential of medicine in harmonizing heaven and earth, what is the potential of being human in this pivotal role between heaven and earth, and what is good medicine. There are so many different traditions and cultures and civilizations in the world and right now biomedicine is so loud western science and medicine are so loud and we think about it in terms of biomedical efficacy and something that you can measure but you all know right there's so much more to healing and to being a healing presence in the world and I feel like right now the world really needs all of us and to me i just i don't know how to explain it but when when i have these sessions with my students and we just discuss virtue as something that has a role in medicine in healing in health cultivating and practicing virtue as a medical prescription thinking about virtue as playing a role in diagnosis diagnosing a person in terms of the five elements and and using virtuous actions like an herb or an acupuncture treatment these are things that you just won't find in english or in very very few english translations of books on chinese medicine and it's certainly not something that's get that gets taught in institutions or tested in your licensing exams Plus, it's just plain old fun, and if you're doing something that is fun and enriching and reminds you of why you got into Chinese medicine in the first place, well, that will make you a better practitioner because you're going to learn something, and then you're going to go to clinic the next day, and you're going to be all excited, and you're going to be happy, and your patients are going to pick up on that, and I think that is probably the biggest thing that we can do right now for our communities is to show up with with love and graciousness and compassion and happiness and fully realized human beings who are expressing our golden path, our destiny, our mission in life. And to me the classics, very, very powerful. And if you want to learn more classical Chinese, check out my website, happygoatproductions.com, sign up for my newsletter, or think about joining my classical Chinese program. My two-year intensive program, Triple Crown program, starts in September, on September 14, um, with a new two-year cohort, translating Chinese or just um, get in touch with me. I'm easy to find. Just, I also have a free course, Introduction to Classical Chinese. It's totally free, and a lot of people have told me that they, really, that they really like it. So thank you for listening, and take care, and just continue being the healing force that we all need to be right now out there in the world.